This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. Last week we were looking at the different types of Jesuses and um, really inspired by an article in Wall Street Journal called Our Mini Jesuses. And that article was a reaction against the campaign. He gets us the different ads that were being aired during the time, around the time of, of the Super Bowl. And this was then talking about that there that ad prompted some responses. And the critique of it was that it was presenting a Jesus that was too human and focused on his social message at the expense of his divinity and his call to conversion. And this is it can be the difficulty even when we're preaching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a certain text of Scripture might have a particular focus, and you preach that text, and then the critique comes back, well, you, you didn't say enough about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't say a lot about X, Y, and Z because the particular text didn't say that. And you can have this difficulty that you're always footnoting or asterisking everything that you say, and by the time you're done, you're not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And so this is why it's always a good thing to have where you sit under a minister over a length of time, and then you realize, oh, there is balance because he keeps preaching. Mm-hmm. And so... And then this is why you also go through Scripture mm-hmm. and preach the whole counsel of God, because then in, in preaching the whole counsel of God, you do get the balance. Yeah, you're not doing your hobby horse uh, every every time. You're not doing mm-hmm. the exact same sermon in many different formats. But sometimes people approach Jesus and make him fit a particular silo that they've mm-hmm. created and say, well, this is all Jesus is. And typically that is a distortion then of the real Jesus. We uh, talked off air about uh, the problem of the distortion about God and uh, image, say making an image of God. When we're making these you know, images of, of Jesus too in terms of how we think about him, it's the same problem in, in the Ten Commandments. Uh, they were told not to make, make for yourself an idol in any form of anything in heaven above or earth beneath, you know, to bow down and worship them. And then you see later in the book of Exodus, in in Exodus chapter 32, they've created a golden calf. And uh, in fact, uh, you know, Aaron says to the people, uh, this is your God who brought you out of Egypt. In one sense, he took one attribute of, of, you know, the strength and virility of God and then he created this singular image of 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 God, where, as you've read in Exodus, in Rashi brought out, you see the compassion of, of God. I've you know I've I've seen the persecution that you're under, and he remembers them. 
you see also, you know, the holiness of God, um, you know, where when Moses meets him before the burning bush, you know, he's to take off his feet because he's on holy ground. So we have all this. I think, I think he just had to take off his sandals. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> take off your feet. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sandals here. off your feet. Sandals yeah. off your feet, yeah. Thank you very much, Russ. Well, if your foot causes point. you to stumble. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cut it off. And, yeah, so, so, What's happening? What is happening? But, but the, but the point the is, the point is, is that, the point is, is that as what Aaron got right. He got ev- he he got everything else wrong. That's right. And this is the problem with just having these isolated images of who go- of Christ is. Mm. One of the most scary th- phrases that can come out of somebody's mouth is, "I like to think of God like," or "I like to think Jesus is," and I'm like, "Oh boy, now mm. I'm cringing." All right, let's buckle up. Yes, we we want to. We want to actually have thoughts of Christ that reflect the totality of what Scripture has taught about Christ. What does he say about himself? And when we isolate God to an attribute or Jesus to a certain teaching or phraseology or tendency, then what we've done is taken the God who is and instead created a God in our own image. Mm Mm-hmm. And today we're going to to look at three that are kind of related. The first is a prosperity Jesus. This is the Jesus that never wants us to be sick or poor or have any problems. If we ask with enough faith, this Jesus will make sure we never suffer in any way. And related to that is the Santa Claus Jesus wants to give you everything you ask for. Prosperity Jesus is interested in helping you avoid suffering the Santa Claus Jesus wants you to have everything else on your prayer list. Just ask. Be nice. God will give it to you. We'll be rewarded with material blessings, spiritual blessings by either the prosperity Jesus or the Santa Claus Jesus. What What is wrong with this type of quote-unquote Christ? I think the, the Santa Claus Jesus, if, if you follow the metaphor, right, then all of a sudden the blessings or burdens in our life become directly proportionate to our behavior or to our ability to obey. And all of a sudden now we're trying to cajole Christ into giving us blessing through our good behavior. And if we experience suffering, then we either weren't righteous enough or it's a direct, direct result of our disobedience. And I think that, that gets super dangerous because you, you get into this two equal opposite errors. Either you become self-righteous, you're like, look at all the good things I've gotten because I'm well-behaved, the Santa Claus, uh, or uh, you fall into depression and despair because you tried your best and failed and know that no longer does Christ have love or mercy for you. It's it's only going to be suffering. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, Oral Roberts was a big deal, and um, there was this whole campaign um, that he had that if you – he was building the, the Crystal Cathedral at that time, and – no, 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 that, that was Schuler. 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 Yeah. And I'm sorry, Schuler was building the Crystal Cathedral, and in that campaign, it was like, if you send money, God will return it to you tenfold. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so then I kept saying to my my parents, "Can I write him a letter and say, send me a hundred dollars? This will be the quickest way for you to raise all your money. You send me a hundred, and God will give it back to you tenfold. <laughs> and so let's just do it the other direction." It actually gets you more money if you believe this, mm-hmm. yeah. if you start sending me the check first. And um, my parents never let me write the letter, but I, I thought it would have been a, a helpful thing for Schuler to, to, to do this. And mm-hmm. I was thinking that if he would just really go all in, 
um, he could fund everything that I wanted, um, and he would get his Crystal Cathedral. And it just, I'm not sure if it really worked that way. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to just also admit that I, there was a stage in my life where I loved to just, as a case study, watch Joel Osteen. I mm. found him fascinating. Yep. And I think what I found fascinating was that people actually listened to him yep. and, and believed him. I right. listened to him just because I found it to be such an oddity. Like, why are people attracted to this? And so then I just kept listening and just... Like, I tried that, but I kept getting too nauseated. So oh, to it like, was something. But there yeah. are, I, you go to his church. It's filled. And there are tens of thousands of people there. So they're hearing something that attracts them, and they're hearing this prosperity Santa Claus Christ. Well, he holds up the Bible and says that he believes everything in it, and then they never open it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a communication about something else. But, you know, with all these things, you know, they're missing out on the realities of what uh, Jesus taught because, you know, he, he, actually, he actually talks about, you know, in this world you're going to have trouble. He says that. In fact, that's one of the last words he says to his disciples, you know, in the, the upper room before he goes to the garden uh, and to Gethsemane and then to the cross. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. You know, the, he is the— he, he is going to overcome the world, but we still have trouble in this world. That's the that's and this is what that prosperity Jesus or the Santa Claus Jesus misses out is we still live in this sinful world, the with the effects of sin, and uh, you know someday yes we'll be removed from that when when he comes back in power and glory and mm-hmm. takes us to himself. Yeah, what a weak and simple Jesus this would be if. If he was the means that we were able to use to accomplish <coughs> temporal blessings in this life, right? If our yeah, vending, if our best life is machine Jesus, yep. right? If our best life is now, that's a poor view of eternity. Well, and you know, like when Jesus, you know, I think we he God cares about our well being. He, he cares about our needs. He's 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 a provider. He's a protector. He's he loves us, and he cares for us. His his primary the concerns are his glory and our salvation um, as his people. So, you know, the, the whole scene with Lazarus, you know, Jesus has told Lazarus is someone that he loves and he's told that Lazarus is sick. And he says, Oh, this, you know, this, this illness does not lead to death for it is the glory of God. So the son of man may be glorified through it. So he allows Lazarus to suffer and die so that he would be glorified as he raises him from the dead. Or the man that's uh, born blind, and he asks, "Who sin? You know, is his parents sin or this man's sin?" And Jesus says, "Neither, but that God would be glorified." Mm-hmm. So, the, the the suffering that we endure at times is because we live in a fallen world, but at times also it's that God might glorify Himself in some way through it, with the idea that we're going towards eternity where we'll glorify Him forever and be in His glory forever. If we really truly embrace the prosperity or Santa Claus Christ, then it really provides a problem for when we do have difficulties that come into our life. Where's the problem? Is it with us? Is right. it with, with Jesus? And I think then we fail to, uh, to remember that Jesus said that we need to pick up our cross and follow him. And, and that sense is that when we pick up our cross, it, we're dying. We're dying to ourselves. We're dying to our wants and our desires and having them be reprioritized, that our desire becomes the glory of God mm-hmm. and not our own 
uh, self-advancement and our own self-glory and good, how we would define good. It is for our good, but it's how God defines it. And his good is to use, and this is what he talks about in so many different places in the New Testament, to use our sufferings to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That he is using those to rid us of our sinful tendencies and create more and more of a reflection of his son. Just uh, to that, you know, last week I, I missed, the, real, the reason I missed was I was at a funeral a member of the Christian Motorcycle Association. We had a chapter member that passed away in a motorcycle accident. He was a young man in his 20s, not yet 21. He would turn 21 in September. And, uh, you know, you can look at that and think, wow, you know, here's this young man. He was a believer, and uh, yet here he dies in a motorcycle accident. But at the funeral, there were many other motorcyclist young men that he rode with that maybe had never heard the gospel. And the gospel was clearly proclaimed in his funeral. So, yeah, this young man passed away, but Lord willing, from that, some of these young men will come to know Christ. And if you begin to step back and you say, I'm following Jesus Christ simply because of what he can give me in this world, that's pretty empty. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's pretty shallow. And it really is not going to sustain you in life um, because what we know is that we live in a fallen world a world that is marred by sin. And so we are going to have difficulties. But the great joy of the child of God is, even in the midst of those, I belong to Christ and all is well, that he's watching over me in such a way that even these negative things are for his glory and my good. Mm. Well, we'll pick this up tomorrow. We'll see you then.